strategy always seems to say the right thing to the right person. She certainly never said it to me, but I, nevertheless, I accept with humility the things that she said, and I hope I her message to you. I have tremendous hopes for Sahaja Yoga in North America, and especially in Houston. He feels is something special within North America. I don't know why this is her idea, that something has to work out in Houston for the whole of North America if the mission we all long for is to work out all over. So there is a responsibility on people of Houston to take seriously her message. Now, I don't want anything I say to be believed just blindly. And I may say some things which you'll find hard to believe. But I think it's important to say them because at a deep level you may find that they are true and that they alter your conceptions. We all have our own conceptions about the nature of reality, and sometimes that makes it difficult for us to face reality as it actually is. I think especially watching television, we get the idea that everything's just a drama, and none of it really affects us until something really big happens, like our flooding yesterday, and we realize that there are things we can't control. Everyone's talking about an integration of humankind with higher consciousness, with nature, as the next big step of our evolution, that there should be a world brain or a collective consciousness that we should all become aware of our oneness. Now, Sahaja Yoga is the actualization of that collective consciousness, a dimension which we haven't had before. It's a real new awareness which we can't think about because it's beyond the capacity of thought. It is our integration with the spirit within us. And it's a very real development which we have to work out for ourselves. The easy bit is to get the vibrations, the feeling of coolness in the hand, the sense of bliss and sign. But we have to work a little with it and be patient with ourselves. Tonight, Sri Mataji will make the introduction of the subject. She's here now.
introduction to the this new dimension of which I'm talking. See, because we have our own ideas about nature, we think we can mold it according to our ideas. But we have to realize that nature is already. We see that all over. When it's springtime, the flowers come out. And when it's fall, the leaves fall. The whole integration is so perfect. Everything works by its own rules. Everything integrates and works together. The only upsetting factor is human beings nowadays. All the artificiality comes from humankind. All the extreme ideas. All the exploitation of Mother Nature. The rate of extraction from nature by mankind is so much faster than anything that nature itself does. So there has to be a point, and everybody is seeing it now, where nature herself is going to correct us if we don't correct ourselves. But the problem is that we don't have our absolute, we don't have any connection with that nature which will tell us when to stop doing a particular thing. We don't have an inner guidance system that relates us to the overall nature. And that is the point of Sahaja Yoga, that by knowing the self within, one knows the whole of nature. It's a very surprising discovery that everything is within. And yet it's the oldest teaching of all. All the scriptures say that one has to know the self, that one has to get the second birth, that one has to become the spirit. They all talk about the same thing. The essence of all the religions takes us back to the same realities. But what what religion delivers the good is the point. What religion connects your consciousness with that all-pervading being? And yet, where has that consciousness itself come from? It's come from nature. We have to realize that the whole thing is planned out. Even our extreme behavior only part of the game that nature is playing to teach us how to become one with her. Now the time has come to give up the struggle, as Lord Buddha did when he sat down under the tree, and he just said, I can't do it. the enlightenment because 
it had to happen. He had to get his fulfillment, as we have to get our fulfillment, as we have to become part and parcel of that greater being. Now, if we have the motivation, the dedication, the self-discipline to take a little trouble to establish this new stage of our being, then we will get the benefit. The first thing that happens, as I say, is just you feel silent within and you feel a flow of coolness in the hands. Maybe you'll feel it coming from your head. It's, it's a thing you have to verify yourself. It's something that doesn't happen by your voluntary effort. I mean, who can make a cool breeze come out of their head? But it happens. It's not the central thing. Air conditioning, but does it? It's your own being changes. That's the first stage. Second stage is to establish that as a doubtless state that you really accept, yes, it's there, and yes, it tells me things about myself, it tells me things about others, I can find out the inner being, which is the model of the, the whole nature and is also within us. And there is a correspondence which is very precise. I can find out my own inner being, these chakras which everybody talks about, now I can feel where they're, whether they're working properly. I can put my attention on my friend or my relation. I can feel where are their chakras blocked, what is wrong. I can help them by just moving hands. I can release the blockage and they get the breeze, they feel the silence, they feel better, they feel emotionally fulfilled, they feel physically better. This is how serious diseases are cured, is by balancing the inner being. Sri Mataji herself has cured many cancer patients. But it's not the point of Sarge Yoga to cure anything. It's a byproduct of the blossoming that has to happen. It's a very great thing. But it's not so great if you think that's all there is. Now beyond the establishment then, there's the manifestation that there is a oneness between us and nature. We're not fighting each other. We may think that it's nature's whim that we've had such heavy rain. But there may be other reasons. And nature herself may have a mind of her own, which we have to know. And by our behavior, we may be able to modify nature, or at least we will see that what we do is relating to what is happening. And when that stage is reached, then you feel the responsibility that this is the next stage for all humankind, that we have to know God as a real experience and not just as a book knowledge. That we have to become part of his play. That we have to enjoy his kingdom to which we are the heirs. And if we have that 
nostalgia will spread so quickly and we will all enjoy the fruits of his love. Now about the divine nature, Sri Mataji is the one who should speak. But I would only say there are three aspects. One is the Lord himself who is the witness of all that's going on. Second is his power who manifests everything that happens. And we have to know that that power is now in human form. If we can recognize that power in the one who is before us tonight, then our realization will be established very quickly. The third aspect is the child who came on earth as Lord Jesus. And every Sahajyogi who gets his rebirth becomes a little bit that child. And it's simply through the innocent play of the children that the mother and father get their joy. It's a very sweet relationship and we should all enjoy it. And that's why we've held this meeting and these other meetings on the next evening. We hope to see you hope you'll bring all your friends, but above all we hope you'll feel the blessings of this great gift which is coming to us now.
man of God, meaning the seekers, will be born on this earth. And they will become prophets. And they will have powers to make others prophet. This is his prophecy. This prophecy is very deep. And to understand it, we have to know that this great time when so many people who are men of God, because they are seeking the truth, they are seeking something beyond, they are not satisfied whatever they have had, have to become prophets. One can't believe it that you can just become a prophet overnight. But I say it's split of a second. In a split of a second you can become a prophet. One may say it's really fantastic. How can we believe such a thing? We don't believe ourselves. We have no faith in ourselves. But we have to know that we have been created with such difficulty, with such care and love to be human beings. How did we become human beings? What did we do to become human beings? In the same way when we are human beings and we are in a relative way, world, we don't know what is right, what is wrong. We have to become absolute. Otherwise, what's the meaning? of creating us and making us human beings. And that absolute has to be somewhere within us as described by all the scriptures. So it must relate to all the scriptures. You cannot just have some sort of a neo-business that they have started from the last 60 years. You find all kinds of people coming up and giving new ideas. It has to be built up in the same way traditionally as the tree of life has been built. And that tree of life resides within you. That is there. Of course one must know as you cannot put in any effort for it, you cannot pay for it. This is something people can't understand. When I first came to America, they said, Mother, you are not going to be successful here. You have to ask for money, otherwise nobody is going to be because if they cannot pay for anything, they don't think it is of any value. I said, it is invaluable. How can you pay for it? How much do you pay for sprouting a seed? You just have to place it in the mother earth and it sprouts. What do you say that you have to pay money for God? Does he understand money? He doesn't. It's your headache. He doesn't understand money. You cannot purchase it. You cannot organize it. It is within you. You have to be awakened so that you can feel his existence within you and you can enjoy the blessing of his being. That's what it is written. But suddenly this new phase has started, especially in America, because it pampers the ego of people that you can purchase God, that you can pay for it. It's just ego-oriented. It is nothing more than that. We have to be humble to know that in this world when we breathe this fresh air is given to us free. The sun that shines is given to us free. This mother earth is free to us. Everything is free to us. So why not also the blessings of God should be free to us and has to be. To him it's an anxious time. 
because the creation that he has created is about to be destroyed by the stupidity of human beings. You can see it around, apart from the nature. I don't think the destruction is going to come from without, it is going to come from within. If it has to work out, it has to work out from within and not from without. Try anything. Try any one of your enterprises. Try your political, economic and social style of corrections. It's not going to work. The biggest mistake of all the religious people was that they tried to socialize it. They tried to organize it. They created dogmas out of mental projections about everything. They have also concepts about God, about Christ, about the Mother Earth. It's all concepts and concepts and concepts, all imagination, all mythical. It has no meaning. It's absolutely absurd to believe into these and go on for ages together and go on for generations together like this, ultimately finding out that you haven't found anything. Now in this country we have many religions which are doing this kind of thing. In every country we have such so-called religions. These religions, I don't know how far they have got to do with the truth. The truth resides within you. And the religion also resides within you. The religion is the one that resides in you as your valency, as a sustainer and is within you. You see here the green part as I shown is what we call as the void, not the void of sin, but the void in human beings. And this is the place where you have to cross over and thus the place is to be bridged by religion in the sense that you have to have a balance in your life. There's nothing to feel bad if somebody says that you have to have a balance. Anything that has to ascend must have balance. The other day I was coming here and they said there's something imbalanced in the plane so it cannot take off. If there is imbalance within us, we cannot take All those religions, so-called, take you to extremes, to fanaticism, which creates complete imbalance. Today, you can see in the Middle East, all over the places, there's a funny sort of problem going on, which can be solved in no time, because they have no balance. They have created this kind of a imbalanced life and imbalanced dogmatic fanaticism, which is really is so all-pervading that's impossible, I don't understand how these people are going to realize that they are building up destruction of themselves and everybody else. Now, as within us lies the power to balance us, we have to understand that this power was given to us long time back. When Moses and Abraham came on this earth. They gave us the commandments. Of course, if you read the book of Essenes, you'll find out that the commandments that were given were rather very sharp, very strict. The reason was when Moses came down and he saw the people, how they were, he was amazed because the people were extremely, extremely licentious very permissive. And they didn't care for God at all. They did not know what God was. And they were saying, what's wrong? What's wrong in this and what's wrong in that? That's the kind
kind of a society when he found it. He had to make it a very strict law and that's how, uh, the, as the Muslims call it, the Sharia part was established by them. Now this Sharia surprisingly is more followed by the Muslims than by the Jews. Actually it was meant for the Jews to be followed all over the world so that they keep the balance, strict balance. Now we can say one thing in uh, creating, supposing you are creating a machinery or say an aeroplane if you are building up. The first one that you make, you take special care to see that it is nicely fitted. It has to be nicely fitted so that there is no any problem because it is the first experiment. So they tried to make very strict laws as to keep human beings in their balance and by that they could manage the ascent better. But if you tell something to human beings not to do, they will do it more. That is human nature, some or other. To get against whatever I said, don't do it. You tell a child, don't go there, then he will definitely go there to find out. The innate curiosity or innate idea of defiance always has taken human beings in that fashion. Like that we have been always trying to avoid the issue, keep our eyes shut and started doing things which we should never have done. When I first went to London, about 10 years back, I started talking about the imbalances we have in life. They branded me as a Victorian woman. They said, we have our freedom. Now she has come to take away our freedom. I had warned them, be careful. A day will be coming when you will have such diseases that you cannot cure. You won't be able to manage that anymore, so be careful. And this warning I gave to many people and some of the priests, for my surprise, came over to say that you shouldn't preach like this to people that they have to lead a life of balance. Can you imagine? Such things are happening in the name of God that they are trying to compromise with people to say that you shouldn't teach them to have balance. Like Bishop of Canterbury, supposed to be a great personality, was asked on the television, I was amazed, that uh, what is Holy Ghost? Who is Holy Ghost? Do you believe in Holy Ghost? He said, I am agnostic. I don't believe in anything that means that. So they said, what are you doing here? He said, I am doing the job. What job is he doing there? under the nose of God. What kind of a job is he doing? If he's agnostic, I can't understand, I can't explain. But he's doing the job, all right. That is, managing the show, must be having a building, or all other things that they are doing. Is this the job of God? Is this his work? Is it that God has told them to collect money and build big buildings and big places? Every human being is the temple of God. And that temple is to be enlightened. That is lost now, not in one religion or in any particular one, but all of them have lost the sight what they have to be. Though it is very clearly stated in all of them that you have to become the spirit. Unless and until you become the spirit, you are not connected with God. It's so simple. Some common sense can tell you that if I am not connected, to the main. What's the use of my doing anything at all? Because it doesn't 
bulb is not connected to the main, it will not give the light. You are all ready, you are all there, but you are to be connected to the mains. If you are not connected to the mains, you do not give the light, you do not fulfill your purpose, you do not know the absolute. That's a fact. Now, if you understand this, that you have to become the self. We go to the other side of it, that how do we become the self? What do we do to become the self? What are we supposed to do to become the self? As Gavin has already told you and warned you that we have to keep the balances, we have gone to the extremes and we have done all these mistakes, I say forget it. Forget it. Because if you just try to be in the present, just don't worry what you have done, what mistakes you have committed because that's also another problem. When one wants to have self-realization, people are sitting guilty just like criminals. You can't give realization to criminals. So don't think you have done any crime whatsoever so far. At this present moment, you have to forget it completely. Whatever is done, finished. Now that doesn't exist. The past doesn't exist. I was amazed the other day I had a meeting with some Jungians, all of them were there and I was amazed the way they had ideas about how to achieve godliness or saintliness. I was really amazed. The thing they said was that we have to reach to the unconscious and to go to the unconscious we have to pass through the subconscious. I said, who has told you this story? How can that be? If you have to go to the unconscious, you need not go to the subconscious because according to your definition of unconscious, even subconscious is unconscious. Whatever is not conscious on your central nervous system is unconscious. It's a mixed bag. It's absolutely a mixed bag. For example, uh, there are some birds who can hear some frequencies of sounds which we cannot hear. We can hear certain frequencies which they cannot hear. So whatever we do not do is unconscious. And do you mean to say that all that is unconscious is God? It is not. Now we must understand that God is the greatest organizer. He has the most efficient televisions and the most efficient telecommunications, once you enter into his kingdom, you'll be amazed how he is powerful, brilliant, and efficient. Now, any efficient organizer who has to organize, say, a, a place like a station or an airport, what does he do? He keeps the road free for the movement of people, isn't it? Or does he put all the, all the luggage and everything in the center and people have to push all the luggage and get out? So the biggest mistake these intellectuals have done and harmed, I think the concept of the intellectuals as well as other people, that we are placed in layers like this. At the subconscious, then we have got the unconscious, which can be conscious, and then permanent unconscious, on top of the subconscious, they have placed the conscious mind and then the ego. 
These are the people who take money in the name of war, go further with it. They try to do black magic, try to ruin others and hypnotize others and take advantage of them. All such people exist in that consciousness of hell. They are sure to go to hell and those who follow them will also go to hell, no doubt about it. So that's another unconscious for us. Now, we are talking here about the super unconsciousness that is on top of your head. This has to become super consciousness. Means at that point, you become your own master. So far, you are not. It's like in a motor car, we have a brake and an accelerator. So these are two sides. Left is the left side, is we can call it as the brake and the right side is the side that is called as the accelerator. Now, first we get into the car and start learning how to balance these two. Once we have achieved how to balance these two, then we become balanced and we become a driver and automatic driver. We don't have to then think, we just do it without thinking. But still the master is sitting on the back seat and he is watching you, you are driving the master. So the spirit that is in the heart resides there watching you, what you are doing. He is a witness of what you are doing. Later on, when you get your ascent and you become the spirit, you become the master. Then as a master, you see the driver within you and you see these two forces of acceleration and of brake. And you are the master. Nothing can touch you. That's how when you become the master, I've seen overnight people drop out all their habits, drugs, all these things drop out in no time. People sometimes are surprised when I tell them this happens. But there are many who drop out like that. Some of course linger on for some time, they are weak people, but many of them drop out their habits like that. The other day when I went to the TV, there was a gentleman who had come as a policeman and he was telling about the bad effects of the drugs, what happens to human beings and how the drugs are so popular and how they are becoming even worse. But I said, if I talk to him about Sir Yoga, he won't listen. It's the easiest thing to get rid of all this police force and save all that money if they could take to their spirit. Because once the spirit is awakened within you, you become just a master. Nothing can touch you. No habit can enslave you. And you just become master of it. It's such a simple thing. But people think that how can that be so simple? Because if you have to think about everything, even say about your breathing, if you have to go to a book stall, get a book and read about breathing, you won't exist. Everything is so simple in life. If you see all that is white. It's so simple. You are seeing me without thinking, without reading a book. You are just seeing it. It's built in within your eyes that you can see me. In the same way, all this is built in. It is just to be started. Like in a village of India where people have not seen a television, if you take a television box to them and show them and say that now you can see lots of things happening inside this and you can also see a play or you may see somebody singing here, they say, what are you telling? This is just a box. How can that be? In the same way, we think this human body is just a box to be rattled about and to be ruined. But it is not. 
it's a beautiful thing that God has made. And once you put it to the plug, then you are surprised at the fantastic thing this simple looking thing like human being can do and how he becomes so great. So this is what happens when this Kundalini which is placed in the triangular bone ascends. She goes through six centers, not the seventh one. The seventh one is down below. All these six centers represent a very subtle thing, energy uh, centers which are giving energy to us. Now when we start exhausting our energy on any center, the diseases are caused. By the sympathetic activity, by any extreme behavior, then the diseases are caused. So when the Kundalini rises through these centers, she nourishes them because the first quality of the Kundalini is that she is the nourishment. She is the womb. She represents the womb in the growth. So it is the mother earth or you can call it the Aquarius. Aquarius, this is the age of the Aquarius, the age of the Kundalini. So the Kundalini rises and she nourishes all these centers and that's how as he said, it's true, cancer can only be cured through Sahaja Yoga, there's no other way out. The other day when I was coming, suddenly I met a gentleman from India who is a very big uh, industrialist, you call him a tycoon or sort of a person who had uh, angina and he was booked to come to Houston for his operation. And suddenly he met me in one of a uh, rotary meeting and then he came to me and asked me if I could do something about it. I said, all right, we'll see. Then he came to see me in Pune, and in 10 minutes he got cured. And he couldn't believe his eyes. He couldn't believe that he's cured. I said, all right, I have to now go back. Will you please go and see your doctor? And the doctors couldn't believe their eyes too. They said, how can that be? This is not your uh, X-ray. These are not your reports. This belongs to somebody else. There must be some mistake. He said, nothing to it. This is my report. And this is what I've got it. So he went to another doctor and showed him. He said,
all laugh at us that you are a normal man and why should you do this? So how it has happened? Nothing. The Kundalini has risen. She has nourished his heart. The heart, the heart is absolutely relaxed and he's all. That's how your diseases get cured. I don't do anything about it. You have got everything within you. You have got your spirit within you. You have got your Kundalini within you. Only thing I have to raise the Kundalini in the sense that I am like an enlightened candle. And if an enlightened candle is taken closer to another candle, it gets enlightened in no time. You can't pay for it. You can't do anything about it. You are just ready to have it. And you just get it like a shot. And it is there, you start manifesting it. Once you start manifesting it, only thing you have to know what you are manifesting, what this power is. Because for the first time, you start feeling the all-pervading power, which does all the living things. Like a flower becoming a fruit. Human beings can't do it, can't they do it? There are billions and billions and millions and millions of these are becoming fruits. Who does that? That is done by this all-pervading power about which I am telling you, which you feel for the first time when your spirit comes into your attention. And that is what has to happen to all of you and will happen, I am sure, you are all going to get it. But I have to tell you, be careful about false people and fake people. You should not be enamored by them because there are people who make money, they put money into the business and they can enamor you by their circuses and all those things. But those who are people of truth should come to the truth and not to the falsehood because it lies within you for each which you cannot make. You cannot purchase, try, you cannot. You cannot organize, I am a free bird. I am absolutely free. I can live on a seat, I can live in a palace. Makes no difference. To me money has no value. I don't understand why should anybody take money from anyone? It's parasitic. It's not self-respect. How can you take money in the name of God? I just can't understand. They say we have to build the building, all right? You build the building, let them build the building. Why should the guru take the building? Why should he take advantage of it? Why should he live on their money? It was, I think, little bit in the beginning, they said that a guru can get a dakshina. Means, if a guru is teaching you, he is traveling or he is uh, uh, sort of uh, staying with you in the ashram, then you can give him the food as a dakshina. Not that he buys Rolls Royces, that he buys big, uh, huge, big aeroplanes and lives like a lord. This is absolutely befooling us. And I don't know how you people are so naive to yield to such kind of a thing and even the television people are showing you all these things that you should not go to false people but you'll be amazed here we have only so many people of Houston but let one of them come here you'll be amazed that there won't be any seat left and all that door up to the door they'll be all shut. That means there's something lurking in human beings that they go in for something that is false, that is artificial. They don't want reality and when they suffer, when they suffer too much because these people can give you epilepsy, they give all kinds of diseases. I've seen they give all kinds of diseases, even cancer, all kinds of diseases. 
they are capable of giving you and when you get that then you come to Sahaja Yoga a person who is absolutely sick, finished, exhausted. Is this the way to understand life? Is this the way to understand? We must open our eyes to the fact that God is beyond all this. And if you have to take His places and to become that, then you have to know that it is the becoming that is important. It's not the lecture or anything or mental projection, but it is the actualization of the experience that is important. If you don't get it, what is it? If I say, as Navin might have said, I am such and such, don't believe. Don't believe. What's the use? If you don't get anything out of me, what's the use? It is of no use. To me, it is of no use. As far as I am concerned, I am a mother. And the mother's greatest ambition is that her children should get all her powers, all her wealth, everything that she has. She doesn't want anything else. That's the true desire of the mother. And that's how it is going to work out. For today, they wanted me to give just an introduction to Sahaja Yoga. So I have told you that Sahaja means, Saha means with and Ja is born with you. It is born with you. It is spontaneous. It is within you. As you have become a human being from amoeba, you have to become a higher person. Of course, I've seen when the people have got problems, blockages on their, uh, we can say blocks, block chakras, then one has to work out a little bit, moving with your right hand, which is the power of action, with the left hand towards me, which is the power of desire, and it works out. You yourself can raise your own kundalini. You yourself can raise it, you can yourself manage your center, you yourself can cure yourself. You don't have to go to anyone, you don't have to bother about it. There have been prophecies and prophecies about it, in India especially. 14,000 years back, there was a prophecy about it that such a thing going to happen. And that's the reason many fake people have come out with their ideas that they can be fooled you nice. But if you want to be befooled, go ahead. This befooling is not only befooling, but it is absolutely non-reflecting. You cannot reflect on it. And when you cannot, non, it is non-reflecting, you go on under a blanket till you are completely destroyed. Because you are seekers, I have tremendous concern for you. Tremendous concern. Now this Rajneesh, you know, has to be ousted from your country. But still, on the New York airport, if you see, there are hundreds of his disciples stupidly moving about. And the, one of the worst uh, scenes, one of our Rajogis have seen that a sick Rajneesh fellow going on a wheelchair, absolutely dead, finished sort of a thing, and people pulling him out. Is this the way you are going to become saint? The idea that you must suffer for God is absurd. Christ has already suffered for us. We don't have to suffer anymore. And if you want to have suffering, then go ahead. You'll have, you'll have real suffering, just like Hitler coming on this earth and making you suffer. But if you want to have the fun, the joy, of God's life, it is available to you today, now. May God bless you. I would like to have questions from you. If you have any questions, please ask me. But don't be aggressive with me. There's no need to be aggressive. Tomorrow I'll tell you about
about the centers which are within us and also about the ascent of the Kundalini, what is Kundalini, who is she and what does she represent within us. No question? You all have become thoughtless I think. No thoughts? Yes please. Just come here now. Fingertips, you mean to say? All right. Now the fingertips on the left-hand side uh, represent the left side, the emotional side of human being, and the right hand represents the emotional, uh, the mental, and the physical side. Now this one, left hand or right hand, whatever it is, there are one, two, three, four, five, and six and seven centers we have got. Seven centers here and seven centers. So whatever center is catching or if there is any uh, heaviness on a center or is exhausted, you can feel it on your fingertips. Even a little Olympia who has come here, she was today telling me, I'm burning here. That means you start feeling the burning on your fingertips. But you must know what it means, which center it means. Now we'll see what centers it means, all right? This is the one called the Muladhara, is the lowest one, you see there, is the one which is responsible for the excretion or we can say in medical terminology which, which uh, manifests the pelvic plexus. Alright. Now the center here is the second center but actually it is the third because it comes out of the second. So this is the one called Swadhisthana center which goes around this yellow one but actually it comes out of the Nabi is the a green one that you see is a navel center. So the one that goes round is, is manifesting aortic plexus, while the Navi one is the, is the navel one is called as the solar plexus. It manifests outside. These are the subtle centers, but they manifest outside not only the plexuses, but also the ductus glands. Alright? Now on top if you go, is that center is the heart. And the heart center is represented here. Now we have two sides of the heart, left and right. That's important to see because this represents uh, this represents the mother side and this represents the father side. So we have two centers here. Then we have above that is the Vishuddhi. This is the most important because uh, America is the Vishuddhi chakra of the universe. This is the most important one, and that is here, Vishuddhi chakra and by smoking all Americans have spoiled That's the center we have here. The center of responsibility. Center where human beings have raised their head. So Americans are responsible for spiritual growth of the world. This one is the Vishuddhi chakra here. Now after this, but don't feel guilty if you have smoked. I find you people are feeling guilty. Don't feel guilty. 
I'm going to cure you of everything, so you just don't feel guilty for everything. It's all right, I was just saying so. Whatever I said, should not, you should never feel guilty about. This is one promise to me you have to make that, Mother, we are not going to feel guilty about whatever you have said. I have to say something after all, isn't it? And in that you should not feel guilty and should not find an excuse to feel guilty. That's one thing I want to tell you. Now, after that comes this sentence. Now, again, the guilt is too much. It's just hitting me hard here. I can feel your guilt here for nothing at all. It's a funny thing. What is there to feel guilty? I don't understand. After all, if you are guilty, you would have been in jail. You would not have been here. What have you done to feel guilty for small things? It's here that I feel such terrible pain. I came here. You were all having this. When I came to it even became worse. I don't know why Russian people feel it more than guilt than all the rest of the Americans do. Whatever it is, you have to be light about it, not to worry about your guilt. Now that's over, and now we have a center here. The center that is between the optic chasma. It is in the brain. It controls the pituitary and pinea. It's called the Agya Chakra and is covered by our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the gift. That's the cross. Beyond that lies the area called the limbic area, which is the Sahasrara. It's a thousand petri uh, lotus which opens out. And when it opens out, then you find the Kundalini pulsating here, and then it stops, and you find the cool breeze coming out. And that's how you know that you have touched your Sahasrara, called as the Brahma Randra. Means all pervading power is Brahma and this is the whole uh, subtle hole through which you enter into that subtle awareness of collective consciousness, of Brahma Shakti, of the power of the Brahma, all pervading power. That starts manifesting through. So that's how you get connected to the whole. This is how uh, these centers are shown and now here it is. So we have got, this is the Agya Chakra here, and this is the Sastra, alright? Now all this around is your father's uh, centers, and these are your mother's centers that you feel it, but this is also, this part is also the void, the green part you see, is the principle of master, or Guru Tattva is the point. This is the principle. If you have been to a wrong Guru, or if you have bent your before wrong people you catch But if you think you are a great guru yourself, you catch In both ways you catch, and these are expressed here, and you can see them on your head. If you are think, bending before people who are wrong, fake, and all that, then you catch all this part, the five centers here. And if you are thinking you are a great guru yourself, you catch here. And in the center is the power of the primordial beings. And this eleven of them become called as Ekadashadutra. These are the eleven powers of destruction which will come at the end of, uh, we should say, the whole judgment is over. After the judgment is over, that power is going to come on the white horse, as you said, just to sort out the last. So these are the main centers I have talked about. All right? But this you will know yourself. Even a child can fake it because it actualizes to start seeing. 
the head, you, you don't feel anything inside the head at all, you see. What you feel that if when you are raising your kundalini, sometimes if there's a pressure, then you do feel as if you can raise your own pressure because now you become a master of it, then you can raise it yourself. But you just feel the pressure of the thing coming up, but not the breeze-like thing. Only that sensitivity is you feel it here that is coming up. But the, you see that that looks very even to feel the breeze. What's so great? One may say so. I mean, it's not that only the feeling the breeze, but with this breeze, you can cure. With this breeze, you can raise the kundalini. When you put your hand with this breeze, of course, first you must get the breeze in your hands. Otherwise, no. You have to become a sahaja yogi in the sense that you have to be a master. Then if you place your hand at the back of a person at that point, if there is an obstruction you can see the pulsation of the Actual pulsation. Very strong in something. Sometimes when it goes further you can feel the pulsation going higher and higher and higher. You can even with stethoscope you can see it clearly. Till it comes to your head you can feel the pulsation, you can hear it very clearly in a, uh, in a stethoscope, even more clearly than your heart. And when it breaks, then you feel the cool breeze coming out. But this breeze that you feel, you feel it outside on your hand. That's it. But it's nothing important. It's not an important point. The important point is what it does. What it does is the point that it gives you power to know the absolute. For example, if your hand, if you are a realized soul, and if you put your hands like this, you can say whether the man is a fake guru or not. If he's a fake guru, you'll get blisters on your hand, actually blisters. But if he's a real one, you'll get tremendous cool breeze on your hand. If uh, uh, you want to know if there is God, you put your hands like this and ask questions. If you get tremendous breeze, then it is here. Like as if you are a computer and the computer has started working to answer all your questions. For everything you can ask questions. Not only that, but if you know how to handle power in your hand, when you feel it nicely, then if you handle it, a person if he hates you, you can make him like, because this is the power of love. This is the power of love. There are many things you can work out with. Tremendous things can happen with this. Like the other day, the people asked me on the television about the story about Bedford. Now you tell them the story of Bedford. So now, you see, these things cannot be explained. I cannot explain, only I can say that God has got a television which can be used. You tell him the story. Govind will tell you a story which actually happened and has appeared in the newspapers.
speaking. And while the program was going on, about 9.30 in the evening, about a mile away, was on the outskirts of the town. Uh, there was a boy who had a motorcycle accident. He fell off his bike. He hurt his back. And before the ambulance came, he said that uh, a big car came past and it stopped and an Indian lady got down and uh, put her hand on his back and all the places where he was hurting. He felt better. And he walked up. He walked away. They made him go to the hospital, but he, he was discharged. They said, you're all right. It's just some bruising. And he hadn't seen Sri Mataji's picture, but the next day he saw a picture in the... In the well, he told us that he told and he told the hospital. Oh, yes. He, he, ma he said that this Indian lady had, had done the curing and that uh, he felt there was something special about her. Photograph of mother advertising her program, and he told his, his own mother, he said, that, That's the lady who stopped. So the newspapers had heard about this, and they said, uh, uh, They asked, they, they telephoned to the people who'd organized the program, they said, uh, At 9.30, was it uh, Sri Mataji's car that was driving uh, this such and such point? They said, No, she was still in her program, they were giving realization. It's not what possible. So, so many people were there, we knew very well that Mother had been actually in the hall. So, something different must be the explanation of how he had seen Mataji and got cured by her, and yet she was doing something else. Also, he mentioned my car, that's the best car. Yeah, Mercedes. <laughs> it was the, the actual car that was being used. But in fact, it was still parked outside the program, according to normal. Yes, it's published. And uh, they also published a letter telling some other interesting incidents which happened in India. Uh, there's one high court uh, prosecutor who is a very well established Sahajogi. He had a case coming up on the list. It was a long way down the list, and it was a day when Mother had a program of meditation. So he said, well, I'll, I don't think it'll come up today. I'll go to the Mother's program. He went to his program. When he went back the next Monday, so Friday, the program was held. They said, uh, oh, you, you defended your case very well on Friday. And I said, what? I came to find out when my case was coming up. How can it be that it's been defended? They said, no, no, it's, it's been through and that you won your case and that the, the judge commented what a brilliant presentation you made. But there has to be an explanation of how these things happen. Well, we can show you one thing more. I do say that, of course, it looks very, very sort of too fantastic. But I must say your cameras are great. These cameras have been taken some photographs which are remarkable. Like I was in a village and uh, I was sitting in a school, outside the school, 
just outside. I talked to people. Of course, I knew what was happening. But I didn't know that camera will catch that. And I knew that that was a place where the great saint had lived. And suddenly I felt he throwing light on me. And it hit seven times. But then I just my hand like this laughing on which one is saw that. And the camera has caught that. The camera has caught those lights in it very clearly. I don't know if you have that photographic of now. Huh? We'll take it tomorrow. Like that. Once somebody took my photograph of my feet and they saw the light coming out. To me it's nothing new. I mean it's nothing special. But the surprising thing is that the camera catches all this. That it catches the aura that things like that around my head and things. That's not important for me, but maybe for you people, maybe. Because otherwise you see this mind is very funny. It always tries to take you away from it. But one thing you must know, I have nothing to gain from you, nothing to gain. You cannot give me anything. It's only that you can take something from me. There's nothing to gain from you. What have you got? So this one cannot understand. I can quite understand why people think like that. Because this world is full of such things. They have never known a person who does something for nothing at all. Just our last thing. They have never known anyone like that so far. So they can't understand. I, I know that. But there has to be someone like that. Also, I've seen many a times people say that, why should you do it? I said, you better do it. It's a good idea. You better come, sit here and do the job. Because it's such a hard work for me. I've been traveling and traveling. I'm very happily married. And I have very good grandchildren and children and very well-to-do people. I have no problems of any kind. My husband hangs us up to my company sometimes, but he also has to travel because of his job. He travels a lot himself. And um, it's just I'm doing it because I have to do it. This is your own. If I don't give you, it's like the, uh, I can say a banker who has to deliver your own check. But people can't understand. So your question is quite justifiable. But it's not the priest alone. It's the Holy Ghost beginning that time. be amazed people who never believed in Christ, Jews have started believing in Christ. Many Christians who didn't believe in Abraham have started believing in him and in Moses. Those who never believed in Krishna have started believing in Krishna and Hindus who never believed in Mahmasab have started believing in Mahmasab because they are all there. They are all part and parcel of this great tree of life. There's no place for fanaticism. Fanaticism is a disease. It's a disease. It's not love. Any other questions? It's not intellectualization or it is not some sort of a mental projection that we take it there. 
it will only be awakening of the Kundalini for which you have to be prepared. Also, I cannot guarantee it may work, may not work. You can try. Sometimes like a mountain in some people, I tell you, just hard stones there. I just don't know what they have done. Sometimes it's very hard work. They work out. Yeah. 